G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as the principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. There is nothing in this universe more important than the grace of God. And in today's program, we're going to learn, hands-on and practical, what to do with that grace for the glory of God and for our mutual benefit. Our series is entitled Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding Second Corinthians, an audio verse-by-verse commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. We are dealing with Second Corinthians. We're in chapter 8, verses 7 to 12, and both chapters 8 and 9 are what is considered the most extensive teaching on Christian giving found in the entire Bible. Certainly, in the New Testament. Now, giving is a blessing, and it's actually considered more a blessing to be a giver than even to be a receiver. I know that goes against the grain of the flesh and of culture and of society, which somehow wants people to think that the receiving is of the utmost importance, but not so. It is the giving that is so great. That's what the Lord Jesus himself taught in Acts 20 and verse 35. In this amazing passage, I want to call your attention to what I consider a very important verse. Now, in 2 Corinthians 8, 7 to 12, I want to just point out verse 7, and it reads, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Basically, This lesson is about abounding in this grace also. Because what it's saying is, first of all, we are the blessed recipients of God's grace. Anyone who has said yes to the gospel of Christ has tapped into the grace of God. And that grace has downloaded so many benefits, it's hard to even explain them, let alone live the fullness of them. It takes a lifetime to do that. But in addition, we see that the grace of God is multifaceted, or as it says in Second or First Peter 4 and verse 10, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Think of grace as a diamond with many different shapes or many different cuts, and all of them are stunningly beautiful. So there is grace. There's grace in faith, speech, knowledge, diligence, love, but there is a grace for giving. Because remember, it takes grace to help selfish, self-centered people to start looking outward and caring for others more than they care for themselves. Paul is exhorting for the benefit of the Corinthian church and for the church at large that they would abound in the grace of giving. Abound in this grace also is the key phrase. Second Corinthians 8 
verse 7. He goes on to tell us that this should be done willingly, cheerfully, voluntarily, not by compulsion, not by edict or command, because it's a fact God loves a cheerful giver, and that should always be our motivation, cheerfully giving to others what God has graciously given to us. And if you think that the example of the Macedonian church in generosity and joy was exemplary, what about the Lord Jesus Christ himself? In 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, it talks about Jesus's example, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we, through his poverty, might be rich. I call this the great exchange, and Jesus does this so wonderfully and so well. He had everything going for him, but he willingly emptied himself of all these things so that we could receive them in turn. Remember, he's so loving, he's so generous. Any victory Jesus gets, he gives to us. Any crown that he has, he shares with us. Any authority that's been bestowed upon him, we can be partakers of that as well. He doesn't hoard it all to himself. No, he shares because he cares. This is the grace of Christ. And again, the wish is that you'd abound in this grace also. Let us read the entire passage of our lesson today. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 to 12. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 to 12. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice for This is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not." This is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 to 12. So let me repeat it. Our lesson today is entitled, Abound in this Grace Also, which of course is implying there are many different faces of the grace of God. It tells us that the Corinthians abounded in everything. Now, we can take this as hyperbole, or we can take it literally. I tend to like to take things literally, unless it's very obvious in Scripture that it's meant to be taken metaphorically. All right, so let's take this verse now. It tells us, what is the everything that the Corinthians excelled in? Well, they excelled in faith. Apparently, they were growing in faith and had demonstrated that over the period Paul had been working with them. They excelled in speech, or what is called utterance. So they spoke better, they spoke God-honoring things, they spoke with confidence and communication, they excelled in the grace of knowledge. This is something we all need to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love the benediction, or actually the greeting, that is said in Colossians 1 and verse 10, that Paul is wishing on the church that they would be fruitful in every good work as they increase 
in the knowledge of God. We need both. We need to be doing good works for God, not because it gets us saved, but because we are saved. We are stewards of the manifold grace of God. But we also want to increase in the knowledge of God. And that's why we need to study God's Word. And remember, the Bible is a lifetime of study. Even people like myself, who have been teaching the Bible for years, have been studying the Bible for years. You don't actually graduate from the school of the Bible. You just uh, get promoted, but you don't graduate because there's so much more to learn and to apprehend. So there's a grace that bestows knowledge on the church. There is all diligence. I think the church at Corinth must have been maturing since we learned about them in 1 Corinthians and They are now diligent. They are focusing on the task at hand. They are single-minded. They're putting their hand to the plow. They're not looking back. That's how I understand diligence. Now, I don't know this from any other source than Paul himself said it right here in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. And they abounded in love, and love is grace in action too, for the apostles, particularly the majority of those at the church at Corinth. So, since they abounded in all things. Add to this grace something else, and that is that they would abound in the grace of giving. After all, it is more blessed to give than receive. And that's what Jesus was quoted as saying, although not in the Gospels. Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35. Again, Acts 20, 35. It is more blessed to give than receive. Now, what is the motive for giving? It should not be simply as a religious duty under duress or protest or having your arm twisted behind your back. It is really rather disgraceful how certain entities want to manipulate or, again, force people to give to a certain cause. My loved one was telling me how a particular charitable cause is literally bombarding them day and night. I think not just in letter, but in by email. Give, give some more. If you've given already, we want you to give even more beyond what you've given. On and on like this. You don't do that to people. You encourage them. You set an example for them. You pray with them. But ultimately, they need to make that decision themselves, willingly and cheerfully, to be a giver. And it's wrong to try to make them do otherwise. So therefore, this is why the motive for giving is, for example, Proverbs 19:17, to help those who are in need, or Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, to have treasure in heaven, or in Deuteronomy 14:22 and 23, in response to the fear of the Lord, or basically as Philippians 4:15 to 18 teaches, that we can help extend God's kingdom. These are good and right motivations for giving. And now we go to 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 8. This is not done by duress or by command. And it tells us, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. So what is Paul saying here? This exhortation to be a liberal, generous Christian is not by a command. It comes by sincere love. The example of the generous Macedonian churches is given to exhort them to follow likewise. Their sincerity and the love that is demonstrated by the sincerity is being tested by the diligence of others. Will the Corinthian church rise to the occasion and also walk in love and grace like the churches in Macedonia? 
That is the question. Now we come to this wonderful doctrine of the grace of God through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. And it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. If you think the Macedonian example was impressive, wait until you see Jesus, because he was rich in heavenly glory, splendor, and resource. Yet for our sakes, he came to this planet was born in the humblest and most obscure of circumstances, in a cave in the Judean wilderness with his first bed, an animal feeding trough, which we euphemistically call a manger. And he lived the first 30 years of his life in continued obscurity in a village of no more than 300 people called Nazareth. So he went from all this heavenly glory to the humblest and simplest of life. And so, for our sakes, he became poor. He emptied himself out. And this is called kenosis, or in Philippians 2, verse 7, it says that Christ made himself of no reputation. The Greek word for no reputation is kino, kino, K-E-N-O-O, kino. And it means to empty or to make void. Christ emptied himself of riches, became nothing that we, through his poverty, might become rich. This is part of what I call the great exchange that Christ has brought for us. We give to Christ our failing, sputtering, defeated lives, and he gives us his vibrant, righteous, victorious, everlasting life. He takes on our poverty that we can receive his riches. Well, since we've received his riches, we need to abound in this grace also. As others learn the joy and blessing of giving, we need to do the same. So that's what leads us, of course, to verse 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 10 tells us this, And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now, the context of all this is that they were taking up a relief offering offering for the mother church at Jerusalem. There's something about Jerusalem. I don't know what it is exactly. I can make some educated guesses, but somehow it can't always be self-sustaining. There has to be need of input from outside. It seems to be that way even today with the church they're in, but it certainly was that way in the time of the Bible. It could have been famine, it could have been persecution, it could have been uh, drought, which happens a lot in the Holy Land. So whatever it was, the church of Jerusalem had a need, and the apostles were encouraging the churches in the diaspora to contribute to the relief. The Macedonians did. Now it's time for the Corinthian church to come to the plate. Therefore, what is verse 10 saying us? What the Corinthians planned to do a year ago and began to do, which implies they planned to give even as of a year ago. So I don't know why it's taking so long to get this offering, but it is the ancient world and it took longer to transfer people and money to a given destination. They planned to do it for a while. Well, now what you plan to do as inspired by the grace of God keep doing. It's expedient, it's right, it's God-honoring. 2 Corinthians eight eleven tells us, 
Now therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. What is he saying here? So what you plan to do, do it unto completion. You had a ready desire to give, therefore do so unto the end. This is proper and expedient for you. You know, there are people who procrastinate. They plan to do something, but don't even begin the first step, and time keeps rushing on. Then there's those who start the task that they should be doing, but they get distracted or double-minded or introspective, and so the task remains undone. This is not good, any more than procrastination. So we need to be the third category, people who not only begin a good work, but are diligent unto its completion. That's what is necessary here, as in everything we do for the Lord. Therefore, let's go to the final verse of this lesson, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 12. It tells us, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Very simple common sense found in this verse. If your mind is ready and willing to give, remember, you give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Remember, when Jesus received the five loaves and a few small fishes from little boy to feed the multitude, he didn't prod him to give more. How could he give more? The little boy gave all that he had. Or what about when Jesus sat at the temple treasury and saw people giving to the temple. And there was the widow who put in two small mites worth a penny. He commended her for giving what she had. He didn't scold her for not giving what she didn't have. This to me is just sensible. We give to what we have, not what we don't. Therefore, I do not encourage anyone to give by credit card. Debit card, yes. Don't give what you don't have. Only give what you do have. But give as led by the Lord. This is bright and proper before God. Now, our lesson is called Abound in this grace also. And our lesson for life, in order to be blessed, it is important to abound in the grace of giving. I'll say it again. In order to be blessed, it is important to abound in the grace of giving. Remember, friends, to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education And thank you for liking our page. You can also go to our homepage where you can subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter with articles on scripture, practical Christian living, and current events in the light of God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the grace that saves, the grace that grows, and the grace that gives. Help us to abound in all these things so that we can be blessed, so that we can be a blessing to others out of the overflow. In Jesus our Lord, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.